Father, in the name of Jesus, we know you are here. No doubt, we've come to experience transformation at your feet. We ask that you open our eyes to see wondrous truths from your word. We receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. We refuse to receive the ideas or the opinions of man this evening. We have come to hear from the throne of grace. Thank you for utterance by your spirit. We will never remain the same. Jesus alone glorified. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. You know, I can hear you. Your amen does not sound like someone who is expectant. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. Huh. In the month of September, we started our conversation, Armed for Glory. Armed for Glory in the very, today is part three, and for those joining us for the first time in this series, or joining us for a service for the first time, we want to welcome, acknowledge you, we want to congratulate you, you are in the right place, no doubt that you will be blessed by the word, you will do well to make plans to revisit also. Our anchor text in the conversation, armed for glory, has been Romans chapter 13 from verse 11 to verse 14. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to verse 14. I can see someone still trying to move around. Please settle down. We are now diving fully. From verse 11, and do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. It says, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Verse 12, it says, the night is far spent. We've, we've slept for too long. We've snored for too long. We've snoozed for too long. The day is at hand. There is the dawning of, 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 of a new day, of a new season. It says, therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Verse 13, let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and in lust, not in strife and in envy. It says in verse 14, please, we're going to read it together two times. Are you ready? Romans 13, verse 14. It's not on your screen. I believe you have your Bibles. I believe you have your iPads. You have your phones. You have your digital Bible. I want us to read verse 14 together. Are you ready? Someone is saying, Peter, give me 30 seconds. We'll give you 10 seconds. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. We're going to read together. One to go. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Let us take that one more time. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Our second anchor scripture is from Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10 to verse 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Again, we see the injunction to put on, put on the all complete armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In Romans, it says the armor of light. Put on the Lord Jesus. 
Here in Ephesians, he's encouraging you, put on the complete, is is laying emphasis that you cannot select portions of the armor that you're going to wear. And I'm going to, I'm just going to, to take you right now to, boy, so there's so much trust in the Lord to help us to be able to, to offload and to deliver this. Have you noticed that if you were visiting a construction site as a visitor, they would give you just one piece. They won't give you the full construction decking. The typical construction worker would have an helmet. They would have a vest. They would have protective shoes, not regular shoes. Their feet shod, (laughs) all right? But if you are just somebody casually visiting, they'll give you just one piece. And I will refer to this again when we are discussing the helmet. Because if there's one piece, really. But Paul is saying, don't, don't go for one piece. You are not visiting the, the site, as it were. You are a believer on the very front line of God's end-time army. It says, deck up fully, be armed for glory. It says in verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, not to scare you, but to let you know that you better show up decked up. Powers against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, it says, based on this understanding of what is pitched against you, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, you stand. Somebody say glory to God. So quick recap in part one, we said the gospel is simple. But it's not simplistic. You can't pick one thing and run away. There is a full package for you. That full package has your name on it. It has my name on it. It's for us. We, we are living in the best, hear me now. We are living in the best, most beautiful time ever in prophetic history and in human history. Quote me anywhere. We are living, don't join those who, you know, you, was it not Solomon who said, he said, and, and I say this with absolute respect, he said the desire of the fool is, is in the ends of the earth. That means it's constantly speaking about a time that is not within grab. Constantly ignoring today, desiring yesterday, or hoping for tomorrow. The wise ones who will leverage glory know the power of the now and what God is doing in this season. I am not here busy wishing for the old time, old time religion and sulking over a, 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 a phase or a dispensation that is done. God is saying, I am doing my best work. I am raising my finest servants. I am displaying my glory in its, in its, in its most glittering extent than ever seen before in history. Boy. So it's simple, not simplistic. The next thing we learned from part one, this is just a quick recap, definitely cannot do justice to it, is that it is dangerous to be incompletely or improperly dressed. It is dangerous to assume this is going to be a, this is a virtual warfare where um, the camera turns on, you can see from head to waist that I'm properly dressed and from waist down, I could be wearing anything. No, no, this is real life. And we concluded by learning that having done all to stand, you stand. In part two, we, we learned how do you put on in the realm of the spirit? Is there a, a changing room, you know, when you visit um, um, stores and you want to be sure that this thing is your size, even though 
the size says it is your size. You want to be sure. And they will tell you you can go to the changing room. In the realm of the spirit, is there a changing room as it's where, where you put on or is there a technology in the spirit for putting on? And we learned from Ephesians 4 last week that there is a putting off, there is a putting on, and there is a putting away. Somebody say glory to God. And we were able to go into the very first piece, the belt of truth, using the format that we highlighted last week. For those who are just tuning in, this is the same format we are going to use for all seven pieces of this whole armor of God, this armor of light. Number one, what is the piece? Number two, is it protective slash defensive or is it offensive? That means, is it a tool for attack? All right, we made clear the offensive we mean in this context. Um, if protective, what organ does this protect? Part of the things we said last week is you are using human language to describe something supernatural. And that will make more sense today. So when we talk about organs, we are not saying your spirit man has a heart or lungs or kidneys or thyroid or no. But these are pointers to realities in the spirit. Hmm. We say it's what happens if it's not worn, and what exactly is the revelation of this piece? Last week, we discussed in detail the belt of truth, and today we'll be moving on to the next one. We learned last week that if you do not have that belt of truth properly intact, there's shame looming, lack of productivity, and then drag. However, for the child of God, the believer... In Christ Jesus, who is willing to partner with the Spirit of God in not just having or owning a belt, but in wearing it and ensuring that it is girded, your loins girded. That person is going to, and maybe I should just use that opportunity to prophesy into someone's life that in this season, in this acceptable year of the Lord, shame comes to an end in your life. And for all of your shame, you receive double honor. In the name of Jesus, as you feast on the revelation of Jesus, and as you gird your loins, I speak to your life and speak over you that an end has come to impotence and lack of productivity. In the name of Jesus, and in this season, in this season, as you gird your loins, the hands of the Lord comes mightily upon you, and you receive the grace for speed, the grace for supernatural acceleration. Come on, if you believe it, it is done. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. I had mentioned last week that we will do the belt of truth for one week. And then from the other ones, we will do twos. You know, I, I, I want to apologize in advance. We can pick only one this evening. We don't want to rush this because it is so rich. And it is very easy for you to just gloss over it. Truth, I know truth. Righteousness, I know righteousness. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, I know that one. I, I want Peter to talk about faith. Even faith, I know it. Please, please, don't, don't come full. If you come full, <laughs> you cannot be filled. Let's expose ourselves together at his feet. You're not learning from PD. If you, if you thought so, PD is not. Is, is, these, these truths are from the throne of grace via God's servant to you. And I pray that you will not miss out on anything that the Lord has for you in this season. In the name of Jesus. 
Ephesians chapter 6, let me read from verse 13 and verse 14 as we unveil the second piece. It says, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, verse 14 says, stand therefore peace, number one. Having girded your waist with truth. This is what in the old King James is called your loins girded with, with, with your, having girded your loins with truth. It says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. Hmm. I was so sure that I would be able to get to verse 15 today. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, but we are not, we are going, if Jesus starries, we will, we will get to verse 15 in the month of October. Hmm. So what is the next piece? I, I know you are taking good notes. We have wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people in this ministry. We are not just getting informed, but they are receiving revelation and they are getting transformed. We are discussing the second piece. What is this piece? I was so sure, this is me publicly confessing that we will move fast through this one and then we will talk about the feet. Just because a couple of months back we had a teaching series on Sundays. Four parts. Part one, part two, part three, part four. The righteous force. Please, I want to employ you. Whenever you can, make out time. Before we get to the feet, <laughs> make out to the feet. Should that's what I mean. Make our time to revisit the righteous force. Part one, the righteous force. Part two, the righteous force. Part three, the righteous force. Part, part four, if you are so busy, extremely busy, at least in the barest minimum, make out time for part one of the righteous force. It will bless you. Paul here instructing us by the Spirit says that in addition to having your loins, your waist, we discussed in detail the implications of that in the realm of the Spirit. It says you are going to need a breastplate. Breastplate is ancient name for a protective piece of, 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 of military wear that is very critical for the survival of the individual. That is because it guards your vital organs in 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 modern day modern day living all right in terms of the police you you, you hear of a bulletproof vest that's because the assault today is bullets are not arrows or darts all right and we're, we're going to get to fiery darts guys this series is loaded this series is loaded. It's, it's as though I've never touched this ever in my life. And I'm grateful that the Lord honors us with his light. Obviously, this piece is protective. Not only is it prote protective, it is critical for life. Please, I want you to settle down. We are being instructed here that if you cannot sort out your righteousness... There is, no, there is no basis for life. In, in, the, the breastplate is like a body armor that protects the chest cavity and the abdomen, especially the vital organs of the heart and of the lungs. 
the, the medical doctor in me now is thinking of not just one, not just two, not just three, not just four, not just five. Multiple things that could go wrong in the case of an assault on the chest of a person. It is considered a surgical emergency. And Paul, by the Spirit, is admonishing that the believer who does not want to live life in the emergency room but wants to, wants to demonstrate glory, securing victories on the front lines. I, I know we are building towards the old armor. In addition to guarding and having their, 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 their loins well girded and their belt well tightened through the revelation of the person of Jesus, which is the belt of truth, you also want to ensure that you've, you've, your, your heart is guarded with the consciousness of your righteousness. So what is the peace? The peace is righteousness. Justification. Boy, is this protective or defensive? This is maybe next to the helmet. This is the most protective. If protective, what organ or organs does this protect? Now, please, this is where we now begin to settle down and see that we are, we are truly describing something supernatural using physical human description. Because God, in his mercy, has ensured that spiritual realities will not remain mysterious to us. He's, 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 he's put his signature in creation. He's put it in nature. And he's given us the ultimate light of the revelation of Christ so, so that no one will have an excuse and say they don't know or they did not see. Please settle down and pay attention. The lungs and the heart. If you look at the way the human body is made, the most delicate organs are housed by the strongest protective bones. We will get to the head later. You can see I'm referring to the head a lot, even though we are talking about the heart. If you remember the head-heart connection, that is because you are saved by grace through faith. And the righteousness you have is by faith. So please pardon this, <laughs> this connection because the connection exists and will continue to exist and that's why we said it's not sim it's simple, but it's not simplistic. You can't just pick one. I am saved, but this righteousness thing, that's why Paul was telling the Galatian church, how is it that you have believed that you've been saved by grace? Having received that message, now you now want to begin to, 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 to bring works into this? <laughs> what is the, the, and the rib cage in the human being protects the lungs. The lungs are, by virtue of my profession, I've been privileged to see, I'm not scaring you, to see actual human lungs, actual human heart, actual human brain. All right? Part of the training in medical school is that you dissect the entire human body. All right? And in, in the operating theater, you, not the dissected one, the real one, all right, of someone who's been helped, all right? And then you stitch them back and hopefully they get better. Please pay attention to this. The heart and the lungs. The heart and the lungs. And we're not talking about physical parts now. We are pointing to realities that have implication in the spirit. What happens if it is not worn? <laughs> you think about it. You think about a, a police officer. Let's, let's, let's bring it to modern warfare now. You know, I was reading an article somewhere and it was said that the average Roman soldier 
was always dressed the same way. It doesn't matter whether they were patrolling, they were on duty, they were watchmen on a post, they were, they were deployed, at the, they, 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 they were decked up, boy. And that's really the, the it's not as though, but, but you are just, there's that readiness. There's that, it says you put it on, you are always dressed. It's not like you now hear something is about to happen, you are now scrambling for your weapon. Am I saved? Am I not saved? You are grappling for your belt, is there shame here? Am I, you are looking for your, for your breastplate, am I righteous? What, what really am I? Is God pleased with me? And everything is just upside down. He's saying settle this, settle this. You are already on the front lines and your destiny is already victory. Whether you show up unguarded, undressed, that is not an option on the table. Somebody say glory to God. So what happens if the peace is not won? We there will be there will be there will be fatal injuries. You know there was um was it a riddle or a quiz? Someone said that there was an there was a fatal accident. You know. Um, and there were casualties. X number of people made it. The question is, how many people made it alive? You know, by definition, fatal <laughs> means no one made it alive. That's the trick behind that question. No one. Fatal. Fatal injuries, barring urgent surgical intervention, whether it's an assault on the lungs or on the heart, it is fatal. That person is going to need urgent life support. <laughs> Urgent heart transplant or heart surgery, eventually death. We are, we are not speaking physical here at all. And God, God helping us, we will explain and break this down. So don't, just relax. And then what is the revelation of the peace? What is the consciousness that the believer who will be victorious on the front line should have about righteousness? So what is the peace? Excellent students righteousness is it protective or is it an offensive instrument of attack definitely this is super protective if you were to google you will find pictures of breastplates typically made of metal all right it's one like a body armor it's like a corset it covers it straps over the shoulders, the sides to protect the rib cage, the lower abdomen to protect the bowels, and then you, it's part of the, the decking of someone who is ready for battle. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 from the Amplified. It says, keep and guard your heart. Now, to show you that this is no longer physical now. This is no longer the, the physical. There's already a rib cage. God has done the, the pictorial representation of how the heart should be guarded. And he tells you that you and I have a responsibility to mount guard, to garrison our hearts. He says, with all vigilance and above all that you guard. He's saying this is an extremely vital organ that you want to ensure it is protected. And if I'm going to switch to the language of revelation, he's saying that if you consider yourself a believer in Christ Jesus. If you consider yourself a Christian, one of the things you must guard and settle is that I am jumping the gun a lot now, but I'm, I'm going to flow with the Spirit of God. Settle this now. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have been justified by faith, not of works, 
It says if you can't settle this, the enemy will make a mess of you and it's going to cause you big traumas in the journey of life. Shame will come and knock on your door. Guilt will come and knock on your door. It calls your adversary, the accuser of the brethren that accuses them day and night. What kind of consistency is that? So that if you have your breastplate intact in the morning and you have your, you, 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 your, your guard is loose a bit in the evening, then you can find a way for condemnation. So that when you are praying and when you are lifting up your holy hands and everyone is scanning there that these blessings are reserved for the righteous and the enemy brings that voice of guilt that voice of condemnation and immediately now you yourself excuse yourself from the answer to your prayer because the enemy has convinced you that you are not righteous thank you precious holy ghost this is, this, is, this is vital to basic existence. This is life 101. This is Christian life 101. But it's amazing. There are many believers today that are not even sure. Part of the exercises I conduct whenever I'm speaking to people, especially younger people on the topic of righteousness, is we start by saying, if you know you're a righteous person, raise your hand. And you just, see the, you just see the people playing back their lives. You, you can tell. Me? Righteous? No. Ah. That, that's a, a simple test to say, how many of you have your breastplate on? You mean this number of people are, are, are potential candidates for fatal injuries? What organs will be affected? The lungs. Can you remember what we said about the lungs from the series, The Air That I Breathe? That for the believer, prayer is your oxygen. And you do your breathing by praying. Which is why from that series, I know some of us who have been with KICC for a while will remember Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. And he spake a parable to them to this end that men ought always. I went back to look at that word ought. Ought. The Greek word there ought means men of necessity. It is unless you are not a man. And man there does not mean male. It means humans. Un unless you, are, you don't reckon yourself. Hear me child of God. That is why Jesus prayed. Jesus did not pray because he had needs. Jesus did not pray because he was scared. Jesus did not pray because he was afraid. He prayed because he was a man. If you are human, you must pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And we learned in that series that the believer who is not praying is fainting. And we are being reminded that the organ of the lungs, the tool for ventilation, the tool for breathing in the spirit is the spiritual mystery called prayer. It's not as though you have a lungs somewhere in the spirit that oxygen is coming in, carbon dioxide is going out. This is a picture of a necessity for your existence. You must pray. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, in the root Greek, it's just two words. Without interruption, pray. Unceasingly, pray. Without omission, pray. Without remission, pray. Those are, the, the, those are the closest words in English language. How can scriptures encourage you? It's like saying breathe. Breathe. You have LV lungs. Breathe. If you don't breathe for a while, you know the consequences. Or if you have a diseased lung. So how does this connect to righteousness? If you are not sure of your righteousness in Christ Jesus you will not be able to pray effectively. That's the lungs. You will not be able to believe. In fact, this one is fresh on your mind. One of the, the, the fastest tickets to unbelief 
is when your, your, your consciousness, when you are more sin conscious than you are more righteous conscious, you will linger in unbelief because you will not be convinced that God is committed to you. Remember what we learned. The heart is the tool for believing. The heart is the tool for that's That's the inward man, the inward person. Jesus would refer to this again as the belly, which is why I believe the, the breastplate is not just like a, like a swimming suit that covers just the upper part of the ribcage. It covers the whole part because sometimes the, it's used in, this is not physical. It, it's out of your belly. It's the, it's the tool for believing. It is where faith, I wrote in my notes here, it is where faith resides, where convictions are built. That is the life force, where the distribution of the life of God takes place from, from the heart, from the heart. Romans 10, verse 10. This should be fresh in your minds. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. Jesus rebuking the Pharisees when they were complaining about food defiling. He says, no, it is out of that heart. That is the tool there. It is the life force. Once the life of God has been received in your human spirit, your heart there is the tool of faith. It is able to pump the life of God around your being. And you there in the place of prayer, you are able to ventilate. It says, if these processes are going to be effective efficient and done victoriously you must have your 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 breastplate intact you are the righteousness of god you you believe it so much that there is no if the enemy wants to bring any accusation against you he needs to find something else there is the consciousness of sin there is the consciousness of righteousness Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. We read this a couple of times in our teaching series on masking unbelief. It says, for indeed the gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them. This is good news. It was heralded. Who, who should hear good news and not leap for joy and rejoice? It says, but the word which they heard did not profit them. Not be mixed with faith in those. So when you start hearing scripture referring to in them. In those, the inward man is referring to the organ of the heart. This is where the seat of conviction lies. Remember, the breastplate of righteousness is a protective tool. When it is not worn, there are fatal injuries. The critical organs there, the belly, the, 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 the spring of life. Remember, the life of God comes into you at salvation. The spring of life is where it oozes from. The heart, the tool for believing. The seat of convictions. The place from which it's like a pump. That, this physical is just a picture. It's a pointer. It's a symbol. It's pointing to the real thing. And the lungs, they're saying you ought to pray. Hear me. Could it be that the reason why your prayers have not been effective is because they are not the prayers of the righteous? Hmm. We've been breathing, breathing without our breastplates. We've been very exposed. The enemy has been throwing attacks of accusations, saying you, you too, <laughs> they've lied to you too. Hmm. So you really believe you are righteous? You believe the holy God that sits in heaven. You believe he's pleased with you? Yes, sir. I believe it. What about? Yes, sir. I believe it. See, this is not my works. And, and, and boy, I will encourage you to revisit the righteous force, but we, we cannot refer everything. In this same teaching, I must make it clear to you that there is the nature of sin and there are the acts 
of sin. In sin did my mother convince me. For all have sinned. We received that nature by inheritance. The first Adam was the one that sold us. But the last Adam has come not just to redeem, but to, but to plug you into a new order. And that new order is that the yoke of the nature of sin is broken. And in the line of Abraham, if you can believe by faith, this is no longer by works of the law. God has run that experiment for good centuries now. And we've come to the conclusion that the, 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 the works of the law are not sufficient enough. Because at best, our own righteousness, and this is, this is a scripture used a lot for sin consciousness. That our, our righteousness it is just like rags before you, so we are not right. Hey, hey, hear me, child of God. You need to get to the place where your, your breastplate is intact. I am righteous, not because of my righteousness, but I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you say that without believing it, hear me, your prayers will, it doesn't matter who lay hands on you. Your prayers will never be effective and your heart is just an incident, a, an accident away from unbelief. Does God love me? Is he at peace with me? How about that lie of yesterday? How about my Bible plan that I missed? Giant challenge, PD. <laughs> are you sure you are not the only one still doing giant challenge? And you have to settle this. You have to settle this. I am the righteousness. What's the basis for this righteousness? It's, it, it's all Jesus. You believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You receive that salvation. You can see that constant connection between the head and the heart. Because it, it, there's something called life support. Life support. There's the basic one. There's the advanced one. Sadly enough, so many believers today we should be armies on the front line. They are in the casualties <laughs> of the body, receiving resuscitation, receiving life support. They can't pray. They are, they are not even sure God will answer them. It is very scriptural to honor men and women of God and the graces and the anointing that they carry. Do not get me wrong. But there is the place of your own authority as a believer in Christ Jesus. The reason why many desire an anointing is not because they honor the anointing. It's because they don't honor themselves and what they, they are just not sure. God, God won't hear me, but God will hear PD. God will hear me, but God, God, ah, PJ, PJ has everyone on speed dial. I'm not sure God, I'm not sure I can stand before God, but I'm sure God hears her. I am sure. And God is saying, hey, you are my son, you are my daughter. This righteousness is no longer the works of the law. And this is critical. This is life. This is vital to life. Settle this or you will remain in the ICU for life. Huh. May it not be your portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. The, the, let me tell you, the enemy does not like messages like this. Because the more you begin to acknowledge, let me tell you how it works. The more you begin to acknowledge this, the more you begin to feast on this, the, the moment you begin to acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus, the moment that you are communicating this and you are, you are, you are speaking words, the same words as your high priest, I am the righteousness of Christ in Jesus. Sin has no dominion over me. The tendency and the appetite for sin has been destroyed by the work of the blood of Jesus. I have arrived at the foot of the cross. I have received forgiveness of sins. My sin, my shame, my guilt has been taken away. I have fallen and I have gotten 
it not by the help of the Spirit. Grace is at work in me, empowering me to live a life that pleases the Father. God is not annoyed with me. I am no longer an enemy of God. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. Boy, the enemy doesn't like it. He likes the pious deception of religion. We are all nothing. We are all rags. Oh God, once again, come on that cross and die again because we are still rags. And the only person that wins, you, you can see, I, I almost want to enter your screen. The only person that wins in that kind of setting is the adversary. He loves all of us in the battlefront, no breastplates. Lungs that can be pierced and damaged. Hearts that can be, that can be shot with demonic arrows. Ah. Take our time. Put every other thing on hold. Settle this. Isn't that what Proverbs says? You have my permission. Put every other thing on hold. Lock yourself in a room. Play righteous force. Put it on repeat. Play armed for glory. Put it for on repeat. Let every residue of that nature that has been defeated, let it, let it, let it come under the light of illumination. They are so sure. Yes, you are, you are really so sure. So that every time you are reading two scriptures and you begin to see the righteous, the righteous, you know those scriptures are talking about you. And that's it. That is where real, that is where true prayer happens. The, the foundation of effective prayer is that you are talking to your daddy who is pleased with you. He's seeing you. It is true that his eyes are too holy to behold iniquity. But he's saying that I can't, it's no more you he's seeing. He's seeing Christ. And that is perfection. Anything that counteracts this, this truth is, is placing a stain on the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, hear me. The nature of sin being defeated, the acts of sin, are, they have no right but to bow. And the righteousness, nature, the consciousness of the nature of righteousness, by grace, you also receive the empowerment of the Spirit now to do good works. These are now righteous works. Not to become righteous, but because you are righteous. That is where the, 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 the deception of the distorted grace message now comes in. I have received the nature of righteousness, which is true. So I can continue to do the acts of sin. That is not true. So what happens if I don't have these breastplates? What if I, I, my, my strategy for life, I'll just look for PD on the, on the war front. Wherever he's standing, I will stand behind him. If he moves this way, I will move this way. You, you, you yourself, look at it. That is not an effective strategy. You have literally that. It's as good, it's, it's as, good as saying you are just. What if I told you there is an armor ready for you? What if I told you you can settle down and you can believe these truths? You can internalize these truths to the point where even the accuser came face to face. Came face to face. You say that the princes of this world, they've come. Glory to Jesus. They've searched. They used their telescopes and they used their microscopes and they used at the molecular level, they found nothing in me. Ah! I really desire that these truths can become internalized. But many of us, we like life in the emergency room. Life under life supports. Somebody praying for and over you. Somebody breathing for and over you. Somebody's heart. <laughs> Somebody's faith. Faithing over you. 
So where, what, where, what will happen to those whose, 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 whose destiny and victory is connected to your prayers? Those whose destiny and victory is connected to your faith, what will happen to them? They're on their own. Can you see why it is extremely myopic and selfish for you to enjoy life as a Christian in the emergency room under life support? I have a great man of God who says, I don't even need to see. I don't even need eyes. You, you people are stressing yourselves. I have someone that sees for me. Pray. <laughs> you mean you guys are still praying in that your church every day, 5 a.m.? I have someone that prays for me. You mean you are still believing and confessing God's word? I have somebody that fits, <laughs> that fits for me. I know that's bad English. To not have your armor properly worn is to get is to is to expose yourself for fatal injuries, requiring life support, eventually death. That's the painful part. I pray for you that it will not be your portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3, Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11, Hebrews 10 and verse 38, all establish the same truth. The just shall live in the English Bible, the just shall live by faith. In the root word and captured in our English Bible from Habakkuk, the, the words of the prophet is that the just shall live by his own faith. Each one having their own armor, not all of us lining behind the one person with one armor. That remember from our from our prayer series on spiritual warfare. That was the weakness of the army of Israel under Saul. How, how can only the king and his son be the one with weapons and the rest of the people allowed are expected to go to battle? You, you've set them up for failure. And we're seeing that model again being, being, being championed in the body of Christ. Why are you fasting? Why are you praying? You, you, can, you can subcontract it if there's anything. See, this is a, a mission-critical piece. This is a mission-critical armor. I won't be the one to now come and tell you to pick one. All right? Because exactly where we started from, it's simple. But it's not simplistic. But if there's one you want to urgently settle, it is this one. Unless you are not a believer, then we'll now start talking ailment. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, settle it fast. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My sins are, was you know, David who prophesied. He said, blessed is that one. Speaking of the new covenant, whose sins are forgiven, whose transgressions are, the, the root word there, blotted on, 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 on the sins are unsinned. I, I don't know if you are getting it. Blessed is that person. Blessed are you. That the blood of Jesus avails for you. That you can now come boldly. You are now declared the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have now been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. You have been born of God, not of the will of man. Boy, where, where, why do you want the truths to fly over you? Having tightened, girded your loins with the belt of truth, you begin to solidify the consciousness, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is who I am. That is, it's a declaration. I've been declared justified. As Pastor Matthew would say, just as if it never happened. Just as if I never sinned. Just as if Adam did nothing. Because I have been uprooted from the line of the first Adam. I have been restored to a laying of glory in the last Adam. For the first Adam, the first Adam was a life-giving soul. It says, but the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. Referring to your heart again, the place from which the essence of life is pumped. I said I'll refer to a book. Small book. Written in 1987, if I said the name of the author, you may or you may not know. 
That book will bless you. It will change your life. I will donate personally on my, I, I, I know I would need my wife's permission, but she's, she's definitely in on this. Together, we'll donate three copies. If you come with your three guests, and if you just stroll to Bible Town, I'll take my three books home and look for, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure you will do what you need to do. And for those who don't win the book, the book, you'll be, sh you'll be shocked. You can buy yours. These are the investments the believer should settle down. Stop jumping from pillar to post, connecting from online meeting to online, on, online meeting. Settle down. Get, get fully decked up. Boy, do I believe these truths. The just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. The justified, the one made righteous, shall live. And boy, boy. Uh, thank you, Jesus. But many have come to like life support. <laughs> mouth to mouth resuscitation. Ventilators, spiritual ventilators. Why are you breathing when we can breathe for you? Life support machines. Why is your heart beating? <laughs> why are you having faith when we can have faith for you? I wrote here in my note. I think I've, I've alluded to this already. If you don't have a revelation of your right standing with God, remember the first piece, the belt of truth, is a solid revelation. No gaps, no gaps. Tightened of the revelation of Jesus, who is truth. The next piece, the breastplate of righteousness, is an intact revelation of your right standing with God. And I wrote here, if you don't have a revelation of your right standing with God, your prayers will be ineffective and powerless. And life will be unprofitable in and out because of unbelief. James chapter 5 and verse 16b. James chapter 5 and verse 16b. It says, the earn I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer. Can you see that? Heartfelt, that means powered by faith. Continued prayer, that means breathing. Because, <laughs> boy, of a righteous man. You know, you can, you, you can read a ton of scriptures and you see that it, it's as though God set up his word for the righteous. The blessed. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the one who fears God. Blessed the righteous as this, as a that. The righteous, the, the, the house of the blessed man. And you're just wondering, who is this blessed man? <laughs> who is this righteous person? When, when all religion has made up, we are all rags. So what, what are these promises for? Who is this person praying this, this, this power that is, that is powerful? Boy. It says the prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. In the old King James, it says it avails much. But it's the prayer of a righteous person. You, you just, let's, let's swap it. What is the prayer of an unrighteous person? The, the one without breastplate. It, it avails little. Pardon me, it avails nothing. No power, no dynamism, no working, no results. Could it be child of God? That if we woke you up at night, you were, you were partially asleep, and we said, are you righteous? I, I, has it gotten in to the inside of you that you know who you are in Christ Jesus? Have these realities become real to you? Or are they truths too good? You know that that's literally what the gospel is. The gospel is news too good. Good, good, too good news. Good new too. Hey, help me, Lord Jesus. Are these true? You mean the same me? Do, do you know the person penning these words in the epistles? 
He believed this thing. He believed it so much. You, you could not flash his past against him. He believed it too much. He had internalized it. Jesus said, I'm the one you are persecuting. You, you, you cannot continue to, 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 to. Boy. You have to see it. Hear me. You have to put it on. It is too risky not to have this on. If you have your helmet intact, your, your belt, your shield, your sword, everything, and you have this one, the enemy, will, the enemy says there's hope. The enemy says there's hope. You just imagine, I know picturing the old Roman soldier might be a bit challenging for some of us, but picture your, your, your average Marine or SWAT team. Just use your imagination for movies. The guy's decked, everything decked, armor decked, and there's no bulletproof. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Seriously? Seriously? You, you, you've not sorted this one out yet? You're still saying, oh God, peradventure, if... And this, this, this thing has truths also. Because some have, some have twisted this and said that the believer does not confess. The scriptures are clear. The, the boldness to confess your... In fact, if you study James well, you, the, first John talks about confessing, all right, because you are forgiven. That is the confidence I have. My father has already forgiven me. And he says that the real power that... And that's where the church really has not graduated to. It's a chain that the enemy loves. It's confessing your faults one to another. Huh? It's a new layer of accountability. And the day the body of Christ begins to unlock that, boy. It says many are sick, if, if any, if. It says you're already living a life of victory. It shouldn't be said amongst you in Zion that any is sick, but peradventure. It says it, it, it was not considered a big deal. It says get the elders. The elders does not mean the old people. It means the mature. It means those who have verified these realities, those who have touched it, those who are telling us what they've seen, what they've experienced, what they've touched, what they've lived, those who have a journal of victory with God, those who have a testament and a testimony of faith, because they calls them elders. He says, bring them, let them pray. They will anoint the sick. And the sick will recover. It was not considered a big deal. Confess your faults one to another. That's the biggest challenge So what exactly is the revelation of this piece? I think before we do that, let's go back to our format. What is this piece? I know PD has done a lot of shouting this evening, but this is how much it breaks my heart that the child of God is not sure that they are the child of God. If it is, if it is doing a human like this, how, how, pardon my French, how do you think the father feels? How do you think the one whose blood was shed for you, how does he feel when the enemy convinces you that you are filth and you agree Ah, is this peace protective? <laughs> Pardon me to say, super protective, life critical protective. If protective, what organs? We've talked about the heart, the lungs, which is breathing. All right, this is not anatomy. <laughs> this is Bible study. And the belly, the seat, the seat of the inward person. What happens if not worn? Life critical, traumatic, fatal injuries beckon eventually death and what is the revelation of this piece as we begin to tie up this evening what is the revelation of this piece what is the revelation of this piece romans chapter 5 and verse 1 this is a scripture we read during the series the teaching series the righteous force you know it, it would have been very convenient for me to just say go listen and i have said that go listen 
But you being here today, I don't want anyone to leave here this evening going to bed and say, Father, please, peradventure, the rapture happens this night. And I am not sure. There is something called the assurance of salvation. It's a, it's a breastplate that is well worn. That is the true assurance of I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, people have told us of visions and revelations that they, they saw in a vision, people in heaven, and they saw, I see, I'm telling you, I believe this so much. If only one person is going, in my being, I, I believe that much in the sacrifice of Jesus. It says, Abraham, not wavering in faith, believed against hope. This is how, they, this is how the fathers received. It was not by works. They believed and they were justified by faith. God is saying that is what that is really what pleases me. Was it not was it Sunday or last Wednesday now that we were learning from David? He says the sacrifices of our God. It's not all these burnt offerings. It's, if if this is really what it's about, I will I will I will slaughter and, and go out for it. But I have come to a place of intimacy where I see what really pleases you. It's a it's 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 a broken spirit, a contrite heart, boy, one that accepts that sea. Quit from your works. Enter into his rest. Establish the fact that your own righteousness, it is true. Nothing but filthy rags, but you've been clothed with his righteousness. And how do you enter into that lane? By faith in Christ Jesus. So in Romans chapter 5, from verse 1, I read from the Amplified. He says, therefore, and I remember one of the things we said is, you don't read a therefore without knowing what the four is there on, all right? So as good students, let's go to Romans chapter four and pick it from verse 20, which is where the last paragraph, remember, scriptures were not written in chapters and verses. These were done for referencing. It's called indexing. It's a modern technology to ensure that we can arrive at the same page together. If I'm referring to, if, if, if there were no chapters and no verses, I would say where he was saying, you can imagine now, how, 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 what's the word now? Tedious it would be for us to arrive at the same reference point. So it's good that it's been divided into chapters and verses, but don't allow it to limit you when you see a therefore based on this. Wherefore, it is required. <laughs> it's still what to be faithful. Therefore of what? Please, good Bible students, you go back. It says in verse 20 of Romans chapter 4, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. And this makes sense to us from unmasking unbelief. That it is possible for you to doubt in your head, but to believe in your heart. It is possible for the facts not to add up in your head. How will this happen? But there is a deep-seated, rooted conviction in your heart. I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded. It says, in fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced, I'm on verse 21, that God is able to do whatever he promises. 22. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. This is, you know, we're in the month of divine vindication. This is one of the, this is one of the divine decrees, divine judgments. In fact, this is the first one that the believer must internalize. The court ruling of his majesty with the loud noise of the gavel that resounds in eternity. Justified. And the accuser says, you, you mean you did not consider the weight of the evidence and the jury, they are busy arguing and he's saying you don't understand. I am the judge in this court and my ruling is justified. 
You mean you don't know this person? You know, you mean, and, and all of that, you mean this is, this is, this is divine justification. Ah, it says because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too. Assuring us, this is the confidence we have, that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Now, verse 1 of Romans chapter 5. Glory to Jesus. It says, therefore, since we are justified, in the parentheses, it says, acquitted, declared righteous, giving a right standing with God through faith. It says, let us grasp. Can you see now there? This is where the revelation of the peace comes now. Remember what we learned about the belt? If you have a belt and you don't wear it, shame, lack of productivity, drag intact. It says you don't just wear the belt. You gird it. You, you tighten the belt. It's saying here now, in light of this revelation, it says grasp the fact that we have peace the peace of reconciliation to old and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. This will become real to you just because Speedy shouted. It will become real to you because you, you opened your heart and you started meditating on these words. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The yoke of sin is broken over me. Oh, pity boy, I still have an addiction. You speak the truth about you until your physical reality aligns with your spiritual reality. Hear me? If you can see it, it is not real. If you can touch it, it is not real. What is real is what the word of God says. And you are saying it, I am free from addiction. I am not a smoker. I am not an alcoholic. Even though your doctor is saying that we are making progress or they are saying these things are... See, you stay on the truth. You stay on the truth. You internalize the truth. This is you strap the 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 the, the, the laces. Pardon me to use the lace. The straps of this body are more intact. There is nothing getting here. You can lie any other lie, but that God is not pleased with me, thou kiddest. So how do we round up a service like this? The enemy loves disorder. God is not the author of confusion. But hear me now. At every point of revelation, the enemy will still look for a loophole to manipulate the believer. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what level of light you are. At every level, the enemy will always find a way to... And the enemy has crept in, in the words of Jude... It says some have crept in unawares and they are now corrupting the message. It says their, condemnation, their, their judgment has been sorted since. But you don't be entrapped by those lies. It is true that we do not do right. So there is the nature of righteousness, which is the right standing with God. And there are the acts of righteousness. All right, these are well explained in that series. But let's, do, let's touch it here. Enough for someone to live whole. Enough for someone to live with their, <laughs> with their body armor. Enough for someone for the first time to sleep this night 
thanking God for the blood of Jesus. Thank you because you have made me righteous. Thank you because the yoke of sin over me is broken. It is true I told a lie. Those are the relics of the old nature. Thank you, Father, because you have forgiven me. I confess of my shortcomings, knowing that I am already forgiven, and I receive your grace to live a life of victory. My life will be proof to my world that it is possible to live a life that is pleasing to God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace that is made perfect, your strength that is made perfect in my weakness. Thank you for your grace that empowers me to live a life that is pleasing to you. A life that is pleasing to you is possible from the one who God is pleased with. If you are trying to do things to please God, having not received his righteousness, that is the definition of filthy rags. But having received the nature of righteousness, it is expected of you by that life at work in you. If you have a real heart that is pumping, what the heart is pumping is the life of God. And what the life of God produces is glory in the believer. That person will be able to live a life that is pleasing to God. I close this evening, Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 to verse 15. Titus chapter 2, I am so glad that I listened <laughs> to the Spirit of God and we do not try to squeeze two pieces into one teaching. Because this is, this is extremely critical. We will talk about it today. We will talk about it again. We will talk about it as many times as we need to. Until we have this, this strong decked army, kitted, fully dressed, armed for glory. Titus chapter 2 from verse 11. It's a scripture I believe you know. But please, I want us to revisit under this floodlight of revelation. This is the apostle Paul speaking to one of his sons in ministry. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation. It says that this salvation that you receive, that makes you righteous, that gives you the nature, that, that the same thing that Abraham believed, this righteousness that is accessed by faith, it was delivered by grace. It says that that grace that brings this salvation has appeared to all men, just the way all sinned and came short of the glory of God, all men have been invited to be beneficiaries in the order of Abraham following what Christ has done and the finished works of the cross to enter into that place of right standing with God, knowing that God is not annoying with me. God is pleased with me. There is therefore now no condemnation to me because I am in Christ Jesus. It says that grace, please follow, I know you know the scripture, that grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It's on offer. It is available. A decision has to be made to receive that grace by faith and to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 12 says, teaching us. So there's the saving grace. There's the teaching grace. This one does not teach all men. It teaches us. Those who have responded and who have said yes. It's like saying, soldiers, they are body armors. The grace of God has brought body armors. He now says, teaching us. He says, those who have tightened the armor, come here now. There's a teaching to be done. Now that God is pleased with you, the life, has, the life of God is at work in you. There is, a, there is something that life produces. He says, teaching us. 
That's denying ungodliness. That is the works that the old nature will produce. He says you can deny it. And worldly lusts. He says we should live soberly. Live righteously. It is those who have right standing with God. Who have enjoyed the saving grace. By faith. Saying yes. Those are the ones that can now leverage the teaching grace. That teaches us. It's, it's not a, it's a, you see, in the old covenant, prophesied to Jeremiah, prophesied to Ezekiel. He says, I'll give them a new heart. You don't worry. I'm sure the prophets wondered. You mean there'll be a generation of people that will please you? <laughs> that will please you and you'll be, no, no, no goats, no, no, no bull, no cow, no altar, no sprinkling of blood again? You mean there'll be that generation? <laughs> Spirit of the Lord says, yes. I will, put, I will write my law upon their hearts. It's not saying I've deleted it. I am empowering them by my grace. This grace now teaches. Denying ungodliness. We should live soberly. We should live righteously. Let me tell you what accusation and condemnation does. When the believer who is not sure of their right standing, trips, instead of that person to get up and say, based on my right standing, I receive forgiveness of sins and I tighten this breastplate further. You know what many do? The enemy just tells them, take it off. Take it off. Not you. You shouldn't be wearing that. Take it off. And, and you see many people say, it's true. Ah, I can't even pray. I'm too, I'm, too, I'm too filthy to even pray. Let me not even join prayer tomorrow. Ah, the, the way God is seeing me now. Ah. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly. We should live righteously. Glory to God. This is the victorious life and godly in this present age. In see, the scriptures are living. The word of God is alive in every dispensation. This was true to the fathers. This is true for us. It is true for our children. It doesn't matter how dark or corrupt the enemy is telling us their world or their generation will be. There is grace that allows them to live victoriously in that age. It says, looking, glory to Jesus, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem. See, think about it. The, the, the material of your breastplate is not metal. If the Lord opens your eyes to see it, it's made of blood. It's made of his flesh. It's made of his body. <laughs> You are, you, are, you are wearing a person. Can you see it? He says he gave himself for us. I, I remember a, a, a joke about breakfast, you know. You know, there was an argument between the chicken and the pig. He said, we want an English breakfast. English breakfast. And they were discussing which one is going to go first, the bacon or the egg. <laughs> and the pig told the chicken, he said, you, you only gave your eggs. He says, I gave myself. I, for bacon, I gave myself. You, you are still alive producing eggs. I had to die for that. I know animal people don't like that. And they will say, PD, this is a serious teaching. You found a way to bring food into it. This is, I'm telling you, Jesus gave himself. He didn't lay eggs for you. He gave himself. He didn't just say, the, the, the way he said, let there be light. He didn't just say, let Jesus die. He, he literally came. Can, can you see the gravity of this? He gave himself. That armor, that, that, that grace that has appeared to all, is not, we, we, we say salvation is free, which is true. But it's free because somebody paid for it. 
and he didn't come cheap. He gave himself. He, he gave his very self. He left his, his, his majesty and glory. He suffered, boy. Every time I read, uh, coming through the Gospels, by God's grace, I, I cover. My, my reading plan, if the Lord permits, I, I might just have to share it with some of us. It is so beautiful. Every month, I, 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 I read the words of Jesus. Every month, without fail. And when I get to the place where they slapped him. I'm like, God, you are too chill. <laughs> Just a little, a little, a little. He took all of that for you. They whipped him. This same Roman armor we are describing, we, the whip is not part of it. The whip was leather with embedded metal. Sharp. You dig it in, it goes in, piercing, you drag it out. He took that. It was hung shamefully on the cross because our movies have to be rated a certain age. He was stuck naked on that cross. What, what, kind of, what kind of love is that? These are the things the enemy will not have you meditate on. We keep on putting crumb, crumb trails for you to start chasing after and leaving the verities of your victory. Ah, but the game has changed. Those days have come to an end. That victorious army is rising. And I am a front. I don't know about you now. I believe somebody is speaking. I am, a, I am a critical part, a frontliner in God's army. Somebody say glory to God. He says he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. Zealous for good works. Can you see God, that God is still looking for good works? It's not now that the good works are to make you righteous. He's declared you righteous. Now we say based on that nature, the life at work in you, you are now empowered to live righteously. He says in verse 15, these are almost verbatim, word for word, the same thing he said to Timothy. He says, speak these things, exhort, rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Don't, don't allow them to shut you up. It might not be popular. They, they might not want to listen to it. They might prefer to listen to other things. He says, but you go, go, go declare the truth boldly. As the grace of God that brings salvation, has it appeared to you? Have you, have you said yes by faith? And for my fellow brothers who have said yes, have you allowed that grace to teach you? It is possible to live a consecrated life. It is possible to live a life that is set apart only. It is possible. Not this time, not to get righteous. No. It's our response to his sacrifice. Let me ask your neighbor. Have you received the saving grace? Have you received the teaching grace? Have you received the nature of righteousness? And have you by grace been taught how to live righteously? Somebody say glory to God. Come on wherever you are. Just raise your voice to heaven and say, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you because you care about us and you remind us of these truths over and over and over again. Somebody should take a minute and say, thank you for your perfect sacrifice. Can you imagine how well he did it? That there will never be a need for it to be done again. That is the definition of perfection. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of man. The one who has ensured that you and I will not suffer that eternal damnation. And sometimes that's not even what the enemy is after. The enemy knows he's lost that. But he's saying that even before eternity. Let me, let, let me, let me finish them with guilt. Finish them with condemnation. And that is where the, the, the grace that teaches comes in and I say no the princes of this world will search they'll find nothing here 
This is a life fortified by his spirit. Father, I will give you all the glory. Thank you because these are not just words. These are spirits. These are life. Thank you for transformation by your spirit. Thank you for that consciousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you because you are pleased with us. Thank you because you call us friends. Thank you because you look at us and you see Jesus. And if you're under the sound of my voice, you're saying, what on earth is he talking about? <laughs> it's, my, it's my utmost privilege to invite you to join us on this lane of victory, to join us on this path of peace. No condemnation, no shame. Oh, I love that song. No more veils, no more limitations. I can now see Jesus face to face. I am the one that you have shown mercy. You took all my shame, my guilt. You took it away. You poured your love. You looked beyond me. <laughs> beyond me means you are seeing Jesus. I am the one that you have shown mercy. That grace has appeared to you this evening. If you are under the sound of my voice and you are not born again, you've not received the life of Christ. Or you are not sure. You don't have that assurance of salvation. The enemy has convinced you to, to take off your body armor. He says it's too tight. <laughs> take off your body. It's, it's too constricting. You, you, are, you are not free. And, it, and those are deceptions because he has arrows of accusation. He wants to pierce your lungs, pierce your heart. Deliverance has come this evening. We're going to say this prayer together. This is the lover of your soul saying we can turn a new leaf today. Hear me. If any man, anyone, any woman, any boy, any girl, any age be in Christ, that person becomes a new creation. Old things are passed away. I don't know how old, how terrible, how dark, how unthinkable, how unspeakable old things are. What I know is that under this grace, they pass away. Let's say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my place in the grave. Thank you because victoriously on the third day, you rose from the dead. I believe you are alive today. And I ask that you live in me, that you live through me, and I receive the grace to live for you. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. Thank you for giving my, for forgiving my sins. I declare in agreement with your word that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. If you just said that short, simple prayer, congratulations. Welcome to the best, best, best family in the world. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I hold my hands in agreement with your sons and daughters. I pray for a supply of your spirit and a multiplication of your grace that these ones are established in you. They go and grow from strength to strength. They become mighty tools in your kingdom for your glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Come on for the words this evening for the salvation of souls. Wherever you are, I want you to jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.